Last week, we were with Moses at the burning bush, and we heard the personal name of God. And the promise that God gives to Moses builds on the promises that God made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We heard Moses tell God that he didn't feel like he was up to the task because he had a thick tongue. Well, Moses' thick tongue was matched with Pharaoh's thick skull. And Pharaoh would not let the Israelites leave Egypt. Things get so bad that God sends plagues. And it's only when Pharaoh is finally broken that Moses leads the people through the sea to freedom. This exodus is a defining moment in the history and in the story of Israel. Moses leads the people back to where he encountered God. And there, he's given the Ten Commandments. As Moses is leading the people through the wilderness to the Promised Land, they begin to doubt and grumble and complain. And they wander for 40 years. A generation dies in the wilderness. And then as they come to the edge of the Promised Land, Moses teaches this new generation the law. Deuteronomy is really Moses' final address to the people before they enter into the promised land. Literally, Deuteronomos means repetition of the Torah. Moses is reteaching this new generation the law, and he's encouraging the people to be faithful to God. And the Ten Commandments are given again. So if you will, open up your Bible. To the book of Deuteronomy. And let's read chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Moses called out to all Israel, saying to them, Israel, listen to the regulations and the case laws that I'm recounting in your hearing right now. Learn them and carefully do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Horeb. The Lord didn't make this covenant with our ancestors, but with us, all of us who are here and alive right now. The Lord spoke with you face to face on the mountain from the very fire itself. At that time, I was standing between the Lord and you, declaring to you the Lord's word, because you were terrified of the fire and didn't go up on the mountain. The Lord said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself, no form whatsoever, of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow down to them or worship them because I, the Lord your God, am a passionate God. I punish children for their parents' sins, even to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But I am a loyal and gracious to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not use the Lord your God's name as if it were of no significance. The Lord won't forgive anyone who uses His name that way. 
Keep the Sabbath day and treat it as holy, exactly as the Lord your God commanded. Six days you may work and do all your task, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Don't do any work on it. Not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your oxen or donkeys, or any of your animals, or the immigrant who is living among you so that your male and female servants can rest just like you. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That's why the Lord your God commands you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother exactly as the Lord your God requires, so that your life will be long and so that things will go well for you on the fertile land that the Lord your God has given you. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Do not desire and try to take your neighbor's wife. Do not crave your neighbor's house, field, male or female servant, ox, donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. The biggest mistake that we make when we think and we talk about the Ten Commandments is when we think that these are old laws. Laws that are restrictive. Laws that cannot be kept. Laws that make us feel like we don't measure up. And if we think that way, we're not going to understand the Old Testament. If we think that way, we're going to miss the story of Scripture. And until we see Scripture as a story, we're not going to get the big picture. You see, the law is important in the Old Testament, but it's not because it's just rules. It's because the law is given as a gift. The law is given as a gift so that these people could live a life of purpose, so they could know what life is really about, and so they would know what it means to have this God, the one God, in their life. And when we understand this, we can understand what Paul wrote about the law so much better. Today, we hear there are ten commandments. You shall have no other gods. This also includes what's said in the next chapter. You shall love the God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And you know what? This is good news. Because having been freed from Pharaoh, who thought he was a people's Lord, the real Lord now says to the people, you don't ever have to serve another human Lord. Oh, and you don't have the right to lord it over other people. You don't have the right to become like Pharaoh because we're creating something new. And this is freedom. So what does this life of freedom look like? And how does this freedom take shape? By not getting back into idolatry. 
That's just another form of bondage and slavery. By not neglecting the Sabbath, y'all, it ain't freedom if we're working every single day. That's another form of slavery. We need rest to keep our relationships with God and with others in the right. Because we need wholeness. If we have a society where people kill one another, that's not freedom. That's feardom. So, are you beginning to hear how these commandments are showing us what true freedom looks like? The freedom that God has given you. These rules aren't meant to make us feel guilty. They're meant to show us what life, what freedom, and what really living is about. And remember, these guidelines are coming from a relationship. God has freed this nation from slavery. And this is how we honor the name of God. Remember in the story of Scripture, this is the second time we hear the Ten Commandments. And you know in English we emphasize things by using adjectives and descriptive phrases. You know, this big, painful, excruciating bruise. But in Hebrew, language emphasizes things by repetition. You can even pick that up in our English translation in verse 3. The Lord didn't make this covenant with our ancestors, but with us. All of us who are here and alive right now. Remember, this is coming at the end of the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. These are the children of the generation who was delivered and set free. So Moses isn't being literal right here. What Moses is doing is he is speaking a deeper spiritual truth. He's saying this covenant, this law, this gospel is given to every generation, even to us. Even to us who are hearing these words right now. And I think there's a bigger truth about what Scripture is. That this may be the most important phrase in the Old Testament about what Scripture is. Scripture is not about Abraham and Sarah. It's not about Jacob and Rachel. It's not about Moses. Scripture is about us. It's about us finding ourselves in the story. This isn't just ancient history and information about the past. What I mean is, when we hear about God giving Jacob a new name, we hear God giving us a new name. When we hear about God freeing the people, we hear about ourselves being freed. As these laws show what freedom and what a freed people look like, these teach us how to live as free people. And until we've been freed from something, we won't understand them. 
The last five weeks we've looked at names. Last week we heard the divine name of God, Yahweh. And God gives us His name so we shouldn't misuse our relationship with God to hurt our neighbors. The name of God has been given to us for relationship. And in that relationship, we love our neighbor. You know, I think Martin Luther, who started the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s, he may actually be the preacher that has the best teaching on the Ten Commandments. And if you look in your bulletin, you'll see I have a list of questions. I looked at some of the teachings that Luther taught about the Ten Commandments, and I've turned these into questions. And since this is not a test grade, I can tell you that you should answer yes to all these questions. If we can't answer yes to all of these questions, then we have more work to do. Do we love and respect God? Do we love and trust God above all things? Do we not curse, swear, lie, or deceive by God's name? Do we pray to Him in every trouble and in every praise? Do we love His Word? Do we honor, serve, obey, love, and esteem our parents and superiors? Do we help and befriend our neighbors? Do we lead a decent life in what we say and in what we do? Do we love and honor our spouse? Do we earn our money in an honest way? Do we help our neighbor improve and protect his or her goods and means of making a living? Do we speak well of our neighbor? Do we forgive our neighbor? Do we help and serve our neighbor? Do we not tempt force or coax away from our neighbor his wife or his workers but urge them to stay and do their duty so many of us that are here today grew up in the church and growing up in the church many of us were taught that the bible was basic instructions before leaving earth and that the Ten Commandments were God's prescription for our lives. And that made us think that this Bible was this really big book of rules. Rules that were meant to keep us in the right with God. And that if we follow these rules, we'd be happy in some kind of religious -y kind of way. But now I see it differently. I think the law is less about God loves you and wants you to be happy. And it's more about God loves your neighbor and wants to protect them from you. But you know what? That's also good news because God loves you and wants to protect you because you are someone's neighbor. So in our story of Scripture, We've seen that this God who created the world 
and spoke through a fiery bush, and who freed a people from slavery and gave them a law and said they were his. This same God came to us in the person of Jesus. And we see that God is not distant. And we look at the life and the teachings of Jesus and we see that he loved people so, so completely. And we see that God cares. We see that people matter to Jesus. And we see that God is relational. And we see that human relationships matter to God. The way we treat others matters to God.